Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome to this week's edition of the Inner Worlds Astrology Podcast. My name is Evan Nathaniel Grimm. This week we have the full moon in Aquarius. This is when we confront our limitations and thank ourselves later. Stay tuned. How was your weekend? Mine was a little bit uh, lacking in oxygen. I went up to the San Bernardino National Forest towards Big Bear Lake, and uh, it was definitely scenic, but I forgot that, um, you know, LA is not actually that uh, high up. So when we went up to the mountains, it was a nice uh, bit of a bit of an exercise unintentionally. So anyway, so hope you had a great weekend. Last week, I talked about uh, the acceleration and energy, how you can tap into the Uranus placement in your chart. And as promised this week, uh, I'm going to take you through the Aquarius full moon and how that impacts your rising sign. Before I start, though, I do have this inaugural introductory astrology course that I just launched. The first class is on August 20th. You have until August 18th to enroll. Um, I discussed this on my live last night on TikTok, on YouTube as well, um, but the link is down below. It has all the information you need about what's in the courses and what you're going to be learning and kind of the, in the benefits of the class. So the class is priced at the same cost. It's the same cost as a reading with me, but you get a lot. You actually get a lot. So you get five individual classes. If you can't make any of the sessions, you still get access to the recordings. So don't worry about, hey, I, I can't make this particular Saturday. It's really August 20th through, I think, September 27th, whatever that last Saturday in September is. And it's happening right when Mars enters Gemini. So a lot of you are going to have this appetite for new knowledge anyways. So I think it's actually a really good time to be studying something. So you're going to be locked into this class when you enroll. You're going to be dialed in, focused, I promise. And, um, you know, it, the, really the benefit of this course is it saves you a lot of time. Uh, you know, searching through scattered, uh, you know, sources and books and, you know, reading, because we all do that, right? And that's fine. We Google random things about, well, what does the North Node mean? And what is our moon sign all about? I'm going to distill that and, and, and put it in a very focused, organized format so that, again, you, you really, you really get a lot for it's a, it's a pretty high value course. Um, I'm not going to be redistributing these recordings after the fact, not a month from now, not two months from now. Um, it's only exclusive for the students who enroll. Uh, that's, that's, that's my promise to you. Um, however, if you can't make this class, I will be doing one off, you know, live streams about other subjects. Uh, so in the future, we're going to be doing an evolved versus unevolved course actually for each zodiac sign. So if you're a Pisces and you want to understand how to kind of evolve through your sign, I'm going to be offering a lecture on that. Uh, TBD if they're live streams or just recorded videos, but um, there's going to be a number of courses that I'm launching. Um, so, so look out for that. And if you still want a one-on-one -on -one session with me, uh, I'm technically booked through October and maybe even into the first week of November at this point. But, um, you know, there's a reason for that. It's, uh, you know, very, very informative, very insightful. And I think for people who do readings with me, they also save a lot of years of guesswork, you know, and analyzing themselves and, and try, you know, you can't do that after a certain point, right? You're just too subjective. You can't like really honestly assess your own biases. But when I see someone's birth chart, I can already see, oh, you have a bias towards risk aversion or you have a bias towards risk, taking risk. And so I kind of help you balance and meet yourself in the middle 
And in doing so, without sacrificing your gifts, um, but you really have to find that middle ground if you want to evolve again through your signs and, and, and through the elements in your chart. So um, anyways, let's um, let's get into... <clears throat> oh, and I, I did restock my mini readings, by the way. So if you want a 15-minute assessment of your chart, um, I go through it really quickly, efficiently, and meaningfully. So um, the link is also down below for that. Uh, but yeah, so um, the week of August 8th, this is the Lion's Gate today as I'm talking. <clears throat> the Lion's Gate is really a transformative portal, you know, that opens up. A lot of people say it's like basically active for two weeks, um, you know, and, and you got to think about why is this eight? Why is eight eight important? Eight is a scorpionic degree. Scorpio is the eighth sign. Um, there's something al alchemical about the, the Lion's Gate. Um, and the rebirth, though, originates in something that you are truly passionate about. So you're recalibrating in a lot of ways. And I talked about this on my live last night. But you're just rediscovering that passion. You're not finding it. Nobody actually, in, in my opinion, nobody actually has to find their passion at the age of 25 necessarily. I mean, well... Let me put it this way. After your first Saturn cycle, by the time you're 30, you've already activated every planet in your birth chart. So theoretically, you should be at least aware deep down of what you really want to do. But the problem is a lot of people lose that because they grew up in a, in a household that invalidated their autonomy or their true needs or their dreams. So when people say, you know, I always wanted to be a writer, but I ended up kind of working in you know, um, some other form of advertising that's not creative. It's like, okay, well, you already answered the question. Maybe you're, maybe you're fairly grappling, you know, you're grappling with how to get there from point A to point B, but that's where the Uranus Mars conjunction came in last week. So between that and the lion's gate, uh, I would encourage everybody to be honest with themselves about, and, and, and think about their chart, right? What are your biases? Cause we all have biases that were instilled in us in our household. So if some parents train you on this like idea of hard work, you know, they try to influence you that way. Sometimes that's a guise for saying, give up on your dreams. Not always, but sometimes parents will do that. They will kind of uh, adopt this very manipulative mindset of like, well, hey, I think you could be a very successful doctor. I think you could get into Northwestern and I think you could do really well. Don't you want to outcompete all the other students in your high school and in your college? You want to get that 4.0? Don't you want to go to the best medical school now? Don't you want to, you know, cure cancer? You know, that sounds pretty great, right? Like that, that is objectively successful. But sometimes the tragedy of that is the person inside of that, of that, of that world, the subjective, they don't experience that as accomplishments. They experience that as the path of least resistance as coming to the wants and needs of the people in authority. And so they just kind of fall into that pattern. They reinforce those neuropathways. And so now they go from saying yes to their parents to saying yes to the, to the teacher, to the professor. They say yes to the medical board, you know, whoever it is. And then they start saying yes to the broker who's trying to close a deal on their, you know, their household. So, so look, I mean, <clears throat> I, I tend to be very... Uh, again, as I've talked about last week, I tend to be very uncharitable in my interpretation of like Saturn in the chart in Saturn because Saturn in our society is so overbaked. Um, and so the lion's gate is actually a chance to kind of like walk away from Saturn a little bit and take a breather and say, again, just like everyone has psychic gifts, everyone has these gifts from childhood, these innate abilities to really read 
uh, in, you know, instinctively figure out like what people are like, what, what people, how people are feeling, what they're thinking, and maybe what was going on in your past lives. But that's just kind of, you know, uh, we we become ashamed of that slowly through the culture that we currently live in, right? The culture that we currently live in says that's all hocus pocus. You can't think about it that way. Um, it's invalidated, but whether it's through your psychic instincts, your passions, you, you're really trying to get back to the truth of who you are and what you want. And so this lion's gate is that reflective moment, but you're still attaching it to, uh, you know, the third eye and the higher chakras, right? You're trying to push upward and there is an ascension involved in that because when you are clear on your passions and you're exercising those passions, the rest of your chart starts to breathe a little bit more. It's a little bit more freeing. It's liberating. It's freeing. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is what I really, this is what I need to do. This is how I need to get there. Because you can't figure out how to get to the end of the path if it's not your path, right? Because then you're just asking for other people to finish it for you. You're asking for permission constantly from society, from your parents, from your teachers of like, is this the correct way? You have to stop doing that because if you catch yourself doing that, then I think you're on the wrong path, right? So if you don't really want to be a doctor and you're trying to figure out this medical, this um, MCAT, you know, it's like, that's a pretty grueling step for anybody, but it's like, if you don't really want to be a doctor, you're going to be constantly looking over your shoulder of like, well, how do I want to approach this? So you want to kind of live a life with less questions and more answers. And that, I think that's the lion's gate. So anyways, um, let's get into the beginning of the week. Uh, we have the Sag moon still uh, early Monday as I'm talking. Um, that is an, in a nice trine with the sun. So I kind of like the way this week's starting. It actually, it's a little bit easy flowing and passionate with the fire energy. So again, um, thinking about those, those passions. But then as we get into Tuesday, we have a cap moon, people getting serious, uh, thinking a little bit more about their long-term goals, which is actually a nice dovetail with what happened on the Lion's Gate. <clears throat> into Wednesday, Pluto conjuncts, uh, or the, the moon conjuncts Pluto. So there's a temporary moment of a few hours of intensity that might harken back to uh, the cap full moon a month ago. So think about what intensity you were sitting with that can be reflected on at the emotional level again. So you might actually, um, you know, reinforce those neuropathways of, of, okay, I finally understood why I was feeling anxious in certain situations. And now I can really incorporate that into myself more consciously. And then let's get into, let's just get into this full moon because I mean, this is really apart from the lion's gate casting the largest shadow. And I'm saying shadow because it's conjunct to Saturn. The Aquarius full moon is, again, that confrontation with limits. Because um, regardless of what I think about Saturn, you know, again, we live in an overly Saturnized society and structured society <clears throat> in which we kind of mind this society for all of its available possible resources at the 3D level, right? Where we've, we've hit a limit on how many, how much, how many resources we can, we can pull out, how much... Uh, again, how organized we can really make things because almost everything has been organized and, and, and kind of quantified. Saturn likes to quantify things. So it's like the algorithms that, that kind of prevail our existence nowadays. They want to know exactly how happy someone is, exactly how sad they are, exactly how to connect people as friends. You know, like a dating app, there's dating apps for finding friends. And hey, that's really useful, obviously. But you know, <clears throat> at the same time, it takes a little bit of the magic out of life. And I think it kind of takes away some of the autonomy. Saturn doesn't really care about your autonomy, right? It, it actually cares more that you 
cohere with a larger system. But in Capricornian Saturnian fashion, that system is hierarchical. So you're not necessarily in an Aquarian zone where it's like we are banding together. It's more like you are um, abiding by the rules of the system, the commandments. So we have these modern technological commandments that we live under, especially with Saturn and Aquarius being about the enforcement of rules online. So now the internet even went from a wild west in the early, I remember when I had a gateway computer, I mean, people were just making websites randomly, putting up a shopping cart, taking it back off, saying, hey, I want to sell, you know, it was almost like everything felt like a little mini Etsy. But now, of course, it's like there are very specific rules on a few sets of like everyone is using a five or six apps, uh, major platforms, and those platforms are incredibly regulated. Um, in by, by and large, by and large, right? Um, in the greater scheme of things. Uh, so, anyways, this this moon will um, you know get you in touch with and remind you of the limited choices you have in this limited lifetime. So Saturn is all of these reminders. So, you know, you do have to um, make commitments on this full moon and make decisions that set you up for long-term success. However, in Aquarius, it should be a little bit <clears throat> on your own terms because Aquarius does rule things like autonomy and reform and the collective. So it's almost like we might be thinking about, again, how these rules limit collective progress, uh, you know, and and you know, how can we actually turn that around? So maybe this full moon is your time to start participating more in your communities to kind of uh, root cause and solve the stagnation that's going on. Because we, we aren't, you know, because that January 2020 alignment of Saturn, Pluto, and, you know, was the end of time as we knew it. And so ever since then, we've been moving through this, uh, this, this water. We've been trying to run through water, and it's it's very um, it's very friction. It's full of friction, <clears throat> and so it's like there is some friction here as well with the full moon. But you know, it's really activating. Also, it's 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 kind of dovetailing with the Mars Uranus conjunction. So you kind of have to view and the Lions Gate. So you have to view these things all holistic holistically. So it's about how can you move more quickly and drive progress within a system that has limitations and organized and and clearly organized hierarchical structures. That is actually the big question here. Because if we read the the, the moon-Saturn conjunction in a vacuum, then it's like, hey, welcome to or like the organized society. You can't do anything. You're powerless. It's disempowering in a way. It's demoralizing. But, you know... Really think about what happened around August 1st for you, July 31st, because you did feel this acceleration. You started to feel like maybe time was not necessarily coming back to normalcy from pre-2020, but it was at least starting to pick up the pace. And it will continue to do that as Mars enters Gemini in a few weeks. But you need to calibrate the limits in that area of your chart where this full moon is with the newfound vitality or motivation that you might have gained. A week ago, and that that motivation probably pertains to again uh, progressivism, social activism, maybe even astrology or your spirituality. Uh, you're trying to ascend at a rapid clip. 
<clears throat> and so for each rising sign, you know, this is how it's going to go. Um, and I'm going to start with the beat with Aries and, and go through Pisces. So Aries is going to face limitations, but also the opportunities for, you know, renewed commitments and achievements and accomplishment in the 11th house of communities and groups. Taurus will face this in the 10th house of their career. Um, then Gemini in the ninth house of edu higher education and travel, cancer rising in the zone of physical intimacy, financial resources, and shared resources. Leo risings are facing this confrontation of limits and commitment in their significant relationships, whether that's friends or business partners or romantic partners. Virgo rising, uh, facing this in the daily routines. How have you, how have you felt stuck there and, or in working with people, especially direct managers, so, um, you know, for some Virgo risings, this could even be the completion of a work project. Libra risings are figuring out how to <clears throat> accomplish something in their creative pursuits or just bringing out that inner joy. Uh, and then we have um, Scorpio rising, solidifying something in your home or family life. Sag rising, being tested in the third house uh, or kind of closing contact with somebody via text or email or, or whatever. Then we have cap rising, needing to concentrate on the financial matters and financial stability. And then Aquarius, uh, you know, facing <clears throat> kind of limitations in how you identify socially. And so thinking about, okay, who, who am I going to, how am I going to present myself to society going forward? Because you can't be everything. So Saturn is that reminder. And then Pisces uh, is really learning to distrust, actually, in a kind of a healthy way, authority figures. Uh, and actually letting go of authority figures. And, and some of those might be not necessarily by choice. Uh, you might be losing certain authority figures in your life, but in its place, <clears throat> in their place, there is hopefully a spiritual footing that's incredibly healing. So that's what's going on with the Aquarius full moon. But uh, into, you know, really into as soon as the moon enters Aquarius, and I would argue even as it conjuncts Pluto on Wednesday morning, I mean, there's, you know, there's going to be a heaviness there. And I talked about this on TikTok. It's like a weight on the shoulders of added pressure that's, that's testing you to see if you really want it. That thing in that, that area of the chart. Do you really want this degree if you have Saturn, the full moon in the ninth house? Do you actually want to pursue that educational path? In the fifth house, how much do you care about that song you're writing if you're a Libra rising? Do you want to finish it or do you realize it's actually not good enough? Uh, Taurus rising, you know, uh, is this the public, is this the vocation that you want? Is this the type of social status you want? Do you want to be known as somebody who is a successful business person or do you want to be known as someone who's very you know charitable and you know uh helpful for society i'm not saying you can't be both but um or in pisces do you really want to trust that person that keeps not showing up for you <clears throat> or cancer rising do you still want to be involved with somebody who maybe doesn't have the resources you need, you need financially, mentally, psychically, physically, spiritually. Um, and Leo rising. You've been having fun in that relationship, but now that partner you're with has a lot of issues they're working through and they need you to help them out. They need you to 
help them move apartments. They need you to move in with them. They need you to basically help them work through, uh, help that give them time to do something very serious, like training for a marathon or studying for the GMAT. <clears throat> so for Leah Risings, that's the question. Do you still want that relationship now that it's getting serious? Now that they're asking things of you, now that it's not just fun, let's go to restaurants, let's you know, walk around Central Park. Let's, you know, enjoy each other's company. That's not, that's, that's not, it's not easy anymore. And I would argue actually Leo's in general probably going to go through this because that full moon is at the very least opposite your sun or opposite your moon. Uh, so I think for Leo's, like whether you're a sun, moon or rising, you know, there's a relational aspect in that opposition from Saturn. Uh, and then we also, as a public uh you know in the world we have the sun saturn opposition there and the sun is executives it's executives it's you know these you know the the people sitting at the top of the hierarchy so with that opposition to saturn there's even a heaviness to in that domain of like those people facing limitations those people feeling and looking a little bit older because saturn ages us right um, and it's not like we we have a sun Saturn opposition, you know, every year. But on the you know because it's a full moon, I think that's intensified that realization of like wow, <clears throat> these people sitting at the top are actually maybe limiting us, and they might be limited in what they can do. You know, like that's the kind of the double whammy of the Saturn opposition, and then Mars is squaring Saturn as well, and the sun a little bit and that is basically frustrated urges frustrated desires because mars is our desires and saturn puts an end to those so it's kind of feeling like there's a stifling energy of like i can't move forward or i can't activate my desires so again if you're in a relationship it might be a little bit difficult to feel a closeness around this full moon because saturn also isolates us and delineates us but, um, you know, think about the long term in that context. Because if you can't get what you want right away, Saturn again says, well, okay, but are you just helping somebody out or are you just withholding and abstaining from your you know, needs and wants in order to achieve a lot more, right? To do something that's actually enriching your experience in life and something that is an accomplishment in the long run you can feel proud of because like Saturn scoring Mars is kind of like this energy of like, don't eat the marshmallow today. Don't eat the marshmallow today, especially with Mars and Taurus. But it's like every time you don't eat the marshmallow, you know, maybe you work a little bit harder. I don't know, you know, or you, you get a little bit of interest in your, in your account. Like, you know, whatever it is, it's like this idea of compounding interest you're accumulating positive karma by withholding from the obvious pleasures in life. So it's kind of like, don't be, you know, with Saturn and Taurus, sometimes people can be quite hedonistic and materialistic. And Saturn is like, don't be that way. You know, think long-term. And maybe in the markets, this would happen somehow, of people not wanting to spend as much money as before because inflation finally caught up to them. You look at the savings rates are at all-time lows. That's not an accident. That's because the wages aren't catching up with inflation. Uh, there's a latency and a lag. And then, by the way, Venus opposing Pluto, uh, that is also intense for everyone's relationships. We're bringing out subconscious uh, patterns of behavior, subconscious anxieties and fears. We're making that known in our relationships. Um, so anyways, 
that's uh, check out my YouTube because I do a full deep dive on the Aquarius full moon as well. But this podcast today definitely gave you some other contextual pieces that hopefully help elucidate what's going on. Um, but anyways, I really hope you enjoy your week. Again, I do readings. I have courses. Uh, go check it, check that out. Feel free to email me with questions and enjoy the rest of your week. Take care. I feel the love you've buried, it's